Yes guys, what's good? You tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gerns and I'm here with Jason Patel. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Gerns? Good to good to be back here. I know, it's so nice to see a familiar face, but also one that we haven't actually properly delved into you and your artistry and all that you've been up to. So it is very nice to speak to yourself. How, what have you been up to? I mean, obviously I saw that you were performing at manchester pride um a couple of weeks back so tell us about that and other projects you've been involved in recently yes so um my new single chocolate just released which i'm obviously really excited and really happy about it's doing really well so i'm actually like really really grateful i mean this tiktok video that i released um has like half a million like views and more and i'm a bit like whoa what's happening and then like the youtube video is doing absolutely sensationally well um and then the song's being received really well so i'm so excited um i got to actually perform chocolate at pride and i think it was such a special moment it was the first time that i actually had like people sing like my music back to me and they knew it so it was like whoa like i feel like an actual like an actual like superstar in that sense like you feel their vibes and people support and believe in like what you're doing. Um, also at Pride, my dad and my dad and his best friend, my uncle, like came and surprised me, which was so cute. And literally, I like shouted them out, and they they got a bit frightened. But then, like they saw how crazy and supportive the audience were, that they were just like they had the best time, and they were literally like, "We need to come back next year with all our family <laughs> and everyone here." Oh, so was that their first experience of Pride then? Yeah, it was their first experience of Pride as well. Oh. We've been in Manchester for. I mean, like nearly 30 years and the fact that they haven't been to a Pride is saying something, but you know, it's never, it's never too late. For sure. So that's so nice to hear that um, Chocolified has been getting such a positive reception from family and also obviously um, fans as well. People literally singing your song back to it. Yeah. We're going to come back to Chocolified in a bit and actually get more into what that's all about. But obviously you've mentioned about how you've been doing this for some time. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about how you got into music? And because I'm not sure, like, how long have you been doing this for? Yeah, I've been doing music for quite a while now. I mean, I've been doing it ever since I was really young, but I think I started to take it really seriously. Like in 2018, 2019, when I graduated drama school, I was like, okay, I'm, I came to drama school not to just be an actor. Music is something that I love and it's my passion and I'm going to make this come to life. You know, how do I turn this into my career, which is always what I've dreamed of. Um, and so I just started doing some research, was on Instagram, trying to find producers and then you know, you just kind of work and build yourself up. And then I started releasing music in 2019, which is when we, we started first playing me and supporting me. And since then, I've just grown and grown and tried to learn that process and just been in the studio really for like the last five years, like working and building my sound and my material to the point now that I'm like ready to release an EP. Oh, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. And I've been like performing everywhere. And I mean, obviously I'm London based. I've been performing a lot in London, which is cool. But obviously in between all the music stuff, I'm an actor. Um, but now it's really cool because I've got to bring all those things together in the film as well in Unicorns because my film, my music's in that, which is yeah. so cool. So it's amazing that my music's going to reach all these different people, you know, um, even though it has obviously in like the sense of streaming and it's met everyone. But the fact that it's in this film and in the cinema, it's in just like another navigation. And so I feel like the time is now and everything's kind of coming together and happening all at once that I'm just like honoured and blessed that I'm, I'm able to 
be at the stage that I am where I am because this is exactly what I've wanted to do my whole life. Was it always a, I want to be involved in both acting and um, music, singing, etc.? Or was there one that stood more out to you? Because obviously you go into drama school rather than pursuing mm. musical education. Or is, yeah. was it always like kind of like an equal thing for you? I think it was always an equal thing. It just felt like I needed to do some work on myself. So John, I loved performing and being on the stage and I loved being in front of a camera. And I just wanted everyone to hear and see me all the time <laughs> sounds like quite a lot of actors <laughs> it is, isn't it? like a, a big narcissist and attention seeker but <laughs> but, but ne- mostly it was felt like how can i bring a really big impact into this world and which way am i going to do it through and i felt like being a creative that's the way i was going to do it sometimes acting is the right way because it's not necessarily my i don't own that that's not necessarily mine but i'm helping someone else's story and that makes a big impact in saying what I want to say or what someone else wants to say but music in a sense really fulfilled me because it's what I wanted to say how I wanted to say it when I wanted to say it and I took full ownership of that I think you have more of that as well when you're an independent artist too and you're you know you're doing everything by yourself but actually you learn so much more and you grow more and actually a lot of the stuff that you're making is so much more interesting because you're so like invested and delved into it um it's always been like that. It's cool because at drama school, I actually got to explore a lot of my music there anyway and got to get that involved in a lot of the pieces that we did. Like I musically directed a show. I wrote stuff at drama school for people. So it wasn't like it was just like to the side for three years. It was there, I was building it. But I felt like I needed to learn to be an actor to be able to say and learn how to control my whole body and listen to it to be able to do, to be an artist. I went there to be an artist, not necessarily just to be an actor. Well, that's a really interesting way of thinking about things, actually. I've never really thought about how the skills from acting, drama, etc. can actually be used in yeah. both in a musical sense as well and vice versa. Because it's like telling a story, isn't it? Yeah. No, in both respects, definitely. I mean, that's what it is. You're communicating something to an audience. So mm. it's always going to be some kind of story, definitely. Yeah. You mentioned um, unicorns. So I wanted yeah. to chat a little bit about that as well. Yeah. So just tell me, like, um, for the listeners at home as well, like what unicorns is actually about. And because I understand it's like an independent film and it involves your music. It's about identity, but I'm not really sure too much about the actual context behind that. Yes. So Unicorns is a British independent feature film and and the lead role alongside Ben Hardy, who people mainly know from um, Bohemian Rhapsody and X-Men and Six Underground and EastEnders, like a bunch of things. Um, So it's a cross-cultural romance. And it's these two characters from two different worlds and they collide. So my character's an, a nightclub performer, drag nightclub performer. Ben's character is a single dad Essex mechanic. So it's about these two people that meet and they spark this journey of identity together. And honestly, it's just this beautiful love story and it's love without labels and it was just such like a mon. It, it honestly, it felt like this is like it was the perfect film for me to have like my debut on screen. It premieres at Toronto International Film Festival on Friday the eighth of September, so I'm excited nice. to go there and premiere the film. Oh, you're going to Canada? Yeah, I'm going to Canada. Yeah, it's nice. so, like I literally go on Thursday to this week. <laughs> um, so that'd be cool. And then it's got its UK premiere at the BFI London Film Festival on the 14th of October. 
So if people want to see it, they can grab t- like tickets there early to see it before it does like whatever releases. I don't know all the other release schedules. That's that's not that they don't they don't hire me for that. <laughs> but it was cool because there were so many people that the so the films produced by uh, Philip Hurd's uh, chromatic approbation, um, Celine Rattray and Trudy Stylet Sting's wife. Um, their production company, Maven Screen Media, and then Bill Fohard and Krista Workman's River Road Entertainment, which they're known for making Brokeback Mountain and 12 Years a Slave. Um, so there's some really big support on that. There's a lot of big names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot and of big names. And it's executively produced by Stephen Daldry, who's obviously known for Billy Elliot. So there's a lot of, lot of support on that. I remember when I first auditioned for this film and I got the role and then I was like, guys, I have all these skills. Like, use it they're in my armor so i was like i can write for this i gave them a bunch of songs and i was like if any fit fit if they don't they don't and then we tried and tested a bunch of things so the intro off my ep called somewhere special is in the film and then one last dance is also in the film too so i'm really excited about both of those being there to showcase to the world i think there's something like that makes it probably more authentic as well the fact that these big names that are involved in it are people that have been involved in other projects that about identity. Um, The fact that these are big names that have been involved in um, these areas and they're not big names that have suddenly decided, okay, this is trending, let's tap into this. They've been doing it from the get-go. Exactly. It makes it even more great and such an amazing project to be a part of. So definitely looking forward to seeing how people... um, respond to that as well i hope it goes really well for you yeah we've had a really good positive response from the people that i know that have seen it we did a casting crew and that was tremendous and it was nice like our agents and like some of our family and friends got to see it so and the rest of the cast got to see it so it was cool and we got to celebrate that so i'm really excited for the way for when it comes out into the world um and for people to see jason patel big fat star i'm joking no, no <laughs> likewise i think it's been a long time coming so definitely yeah long time coming but people say like you know it'll be like an overnight success or whatever and i'm like it's not it's been like 10 years in the making i've been grafting like since the since the day i was born like you know to to play these roles and to sing and to have my music out there and sing these things and say these things to the world and just hopefully make a really big difference and make a positive impact in people's lives and continue to do that in more and more projects and obviously we are a south asian show so i wanted to ask as well like how has it been on your journey navigating um these industries not only as someone who's part of the lgbtq plus community but also someone that's brown on top of that as well and like navigating these two worlds when realistically like it that is literally your world like you don't have to be either or like that is just you yeah i think for me obviously when you're saying you're either you you can't be either or like it is like i've no i don't know any different but i think for the south asian community i think what's like i i always had support from my parents but there was always this air of like other people in the community or friends and stuff of my parents and uncles and aunties like what are you doing with your child in the sense, but they were like, trust, trust us because they never had the opportunity to pursue these things and do the creative things that they necessarily would want to have done. Like when they were growing up, because they've always, the, you know, immigrant families have to make big sacrifices. And in India, like it's not a thing to be 
a singer or an actor or this like you know that's only reserved for certain kinds of people i'm afraid quite a lot of nepotism isn't there over in India, I, w- I would say yeah i mean obvi- obviously that doesn't that doesn't take away from the fact that these people go on to be stars but at the mm. same time the way that they've got them most of the time is by who they know rather than their raw talent originally yeah yeah it's through a connection so i guess in the sense i always had to work twice as hard and prove to my parents like this is what i can do and when i when they you know when i was going to you know, a really big acting school. And when I, after, when I did get my first job and then my second job and third job and kept pushing it and they saw that I was making music, they started, you know, I knew they were always proud, but actually they saw that I'm actually being able to do this. And I think they trusted that I had the skills and that they had done the right job in upbringing me, you know, and my siblings to be like strong individuals to go and get what we wanted to do. And they never stopped us from, being out there and being motivated and determined, you know, my dad always says, do what makes you happy. And if it doesn't, then stop because you don't want to do anything that you regret in life. And so I'm really glad I've always taken that advice on. Um, It's interesting because now all my family, like even prior to the film and things like that, and I have a lot of international family, they're always so supportive on my Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, like, you know, on all the pages that you're on and you post about, okay, my song's coming out, my music's coming out, and they see the video and they're like sharing and they're the first ones to actually comment and put it everywhere, which is, I'm like, wow, this is absolutely fantastic. And like my auntie in America, she sent me like a video clip of her listening to Chocolified and I just found it so heartwarming that I'm like, thank you. Like, that is so lovely. Like not everyone does that, but I feel like I've been able to make that impact on our family and just like, just to open everyone's mind and everyone's like, yeah, Jason's doing what he's doing and he's so happy. Like, let's all do this but let's not all be singers but let's all just be like do what makes us happy yeah i think that's the make the keen thing isn't it showing people that just doing what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting anyone else there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't just do what you want and yeah. i think in a lot of um, instances particularly within the south asian communities as well we're obviously getting to a stage where it's becoming a lot more normal for people to do whatever they want um but the only way in which we're going to get to that stage is by people like yourself just choosing to do things um, the way that you want. And other people will see that and think, oh, OK, well, if that family is doing it, then why can't I do it? And yeah. this goes on like a domino effect. So honestly, like props to you for doing that. Thank you. I feel like someone called me a trailblazer the other day and I said, I don't know necessarily if that's what I would call myself currently at the moment, but what I am doing is I'm just really fighting for um, like to be seen mm-hmm. because that's what I've always done is people have always like, like disregarded me or you know, just a South Asian in general or a queer person in general, either or both, whatever. But what it's really, what it's about is being seen and being represented and growing up and never truly had that representation to the level that a lot of other people had. Mm-hmm. I was like, how do I make an impact in this world? Doing what I do, I want to be able to be that level of representation to other people. Yeah. And being able to inspire and just encourage people to feel empowered and celebrate who they are and own it and not apologize for it too. And I feel like we're finally at this turning point where we're really doing it. And one thing that I really thankful for is the black community because they really fight to be seen and to have their place and it inspires 
me and other South Asians everywhere to be like, we need this representation. We can't just, we can't just sit on the sidelines, you know? It's not even a fight. It's just like, you know, we're, we're having a conversation and what we're saying and what we're doing is absolutely incredible. And that goes from not just acting or music or fashion. It's whatever field you're in, whether you're a, a lawyer or a mathematician or a doctor or a psychologist or a journalist, like, you know, or, you know, you work in radio. Everyone deserves to have their place. It Just because of your name or your skin colour or where you come from, should never be a barrier. And if it is, you break down that barrier and you run right through it. Then you do trailblaze through it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I just want to be there as like a person that's like, I always say to everyone, listen, you need anything. My DMs are always open. You send an email to my manager, whoever. And I'm I'm always there to give advice or whatever because I, it looks like I have my shit together, but I don't, no one really has their shit together we're just trying to figure out life in itself you know my friend Caitlin today um I was a guest on her podcast earlier and she was saying that her dad gave this really incredible she was saying to her dad when is the moment that you start feeling like an adult when you've got stuff and he was like Caitlin I still feel like I'm 21 and I have no idea what I'm doing so if that's coming from someone who's like in their 50s and 60s then I'm absolutely doing okay. And I feel like it's this conversation of just being open and honest because in the South Asian community, everyone likes to pretend everything's absolutely hunky-dory and like going well, do you know what I mean? When actually, let's just be honest about what's going on and our feelings and we'll be fine because actually we can support each other and uplift each other. And that is exactly what I'm doing with my music and with my, and with the acting projects that I'm on and, and where I am and who I'm working with you know I just want to be able to be be able for someone to be able to see me and reach out which they have and I'm really grateful for that so to be able hopefully to do that on a global scale one day will be so phenomenal honestly I was about to say I feel like you should take up a job as being like a motivational speaker I was just saying (laughs) just like while I'm nodding to everything that you're saying like that's so right but then also I kind of realized that actually all you're doing is just stating the actual obvious and yeah. also just the, the the key of all of that is just you just need to be open and honest to yourself and other people and mm. there's absolutely no reason why not to do that as long as you're doing that then yeah there's absolutely there's just no negative vibes basically no negative vibes i say to people listen someone said when was the turning point that you realized I can't remember what they asked me, but this is a really good piece of advice that I saw in a TV show, which was like, I can't remember which one it was, but I always say, listen, I don't live my life in regret and I don't apologize for here I am. If you don't like me, I don't care. I will always be nice to everyone. That one's for my dad. But someone said on a TV show, you can lie to me all you want. Just don't lie to yourself. And soon as I started taking that advice and things like that, about being honest with yourself and living your life, the, everything opens up for you mm-hmm. because you just don't care. And you stop putting pressure on yourself about things that you don't need to put pressure on. And you're like, this happened and I made a mistake. Let's learn from it and let's move on. And then we grow, which is, I guess, like you can see that in my musical journey too, because I've always made mistakes and I'm growing. And I'm finally at this place where I feel like I'm accepting like all of me and I'm celebrating it and I'm reclaiming it. I'm really reclaiming my identity and like 
my power, all the things that people shame us for, we claim it back and just be like, I am, I am a superhero, like a superhero, you know, in my own right. And so is everyone else, no matter your shape, your size, your color, your skin color, how you sound, how you talk, whatever, you know, celebrate who you are and own your skin for everything that it is. 100%, literally, I can't do any more than just continue nodding right, like, <laughs> yeah, retweet. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to um, your music as well, um, yeah. and obviously the journey that you've been on there, um, I'd say the singles, it's it's nice to see that um, you're putting on an EP as well, because obviously it's been a number of singles so far. Yeah. And each single, I would say, has been sort of like, um, a different kind of vibe so do you yeah. feel like you're coming to a, a place where like you have found like your definitive sound yet or are you still kind of putting feelers out to try and see what works best for you so it's interesting I actually love that question so much you see in my music that like you said there's a different sound I think it's me growing and going through different experiences and so when I made chocolate vibe was about like a year and a half ago actually and i wanted to make this music video and make it perfect etc and i think off the whole video and everything i just was so inspired after making that that song i was so inspired and i wrote loads of songs closer to it and i was like this space this pocket of like neo soul r&b that's really sexy and sultry but chilled and wants you to be by the pool even if it's raining, you know, or sit in the bath and love yourself and just enjoy life and relax because we're all stressed here, you know, in life we're all stressed. So I wanted to make music that made people feel good and that made people feel like, like re relatable to and can feel their oats. And so when I made Chocolified, the EP is called, so I, I was made Chocolified and there's a song called Tiramisu and Karma Sutra and um, Somewhere Special and and there's a, and a couple of others. And then I was like, what's encompassing this whole thing? How am I feeling right now? And I just, word came out of my mouth. I was like, delicious. I feel so delicious. And I want everyone to feel that way, you know, that you want to eat yourself, you know, cause you're everything about you is really scrumptious and you love it. And I just want everyone to feel that way. And I think that's what led me to this EP and this sound. I think after it, I don't know whether I'll always stick with that sound, but I think this R&B genre pocket is definitely where I excel in a lot and I love it. And I feel like you get so much out of me and that's really interesting. And this tone and this brightness and this like warmth. Yeah, I think warmth is definitely the right way to put it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you see like a warmth in my sound and I'm really excited to make people feel that way. Whether it's in their hearts, whether it's in their crotches. <laughs> well that is a quote to go by 100%. <laughs> honestly i don't know if it's obviously because of the song title but when you were saying that about describing the sound of chocolate it does sound like it's like i'm just i'm watching like tv and like some kind of lint or something yeah. comes on and like they're pouring like melted chocolate all over you yeah because that is literally like who doesn't want that you know true i mean i'd rather have it in my, i'd rather have it in my mouth to be honest but like it's a bit messy all out there i mean you can have it in your mouth too you know <laughs> this is going in completely different direction <laughs> <now>. <laughs>
Oh, it's all PJ. But, yeah, <laughs> daytime radio friendly. <laughs> uh, um, but obviously, said about the video for Chocolified as well. Um, it is it the song or the video that was put together with the support of the Next Gen Fund? So it was the video that was put together with the support of the Next Gen Fund, which their financiers are TikTok and Turtle Bay and um and the people's postal lottery which was really cool so i applied for this grant and i got it and i was so over the moon and then i was like how do i what do i do and then i got cast as mowgli in the jungle book and then i got cast in this film so i had to delay this project for like a good seven months so luckily they were amazing about it and i ended up i wanted to film it in summer but it ended up being filmed in december like the week before christmas and if you watch that music video for the listeners, it does not look like it's been filmed in December in the brisk of the snow. Yeah. Did you have um, heaters on set then? Or yeah. No? Yeah, it was quite a warm space. It had underfloor heating, but it was this okay, beautiful, it was this place in Clapton in London. And it was his studios that was just filled with so many plants and it was so bright. And I think because of the snow that was on the ground, it bounced such beautiful natural light that just shone through the windows and then just with the help of some extra few lights, it would just became this beautiful, like beautiful, like golden hour uh, set, which we just, and we shot it in 10 hours and we got it all done. And, you know, it was a lot, but everyone that turned up was amazing. And I'm glad I had such an incredible cast of people that were just my friends really that I was like, Hey, please will you be in this like I just want to celebrate you and everything that and all you're about so it was good I had people from white chocolate to dark chocolate and I was like if you want to wear your jewelry that's from your cultural heritage you wear it because I want to celebrate all of it because it's what it's all about for sure so obviously you've mentioned just now about what you're trying to celebrate but in regards to both the song and the lyrics behind it and the video was there anything else like a message that you were trying to get across or any thinking behind the lyrics, the visuals, etc.? I think when we wrote this, when I wrote this song, I was in the studio and we was just, I had like, I had like the, like a verse, I had, I had like first verse and I was like, we were just messing with some chords and it all just came out and we kept going and going and going. And at one point Adriano just hit record. So we had a guide track of, so we could remember what I actually sung and all of it made it. So it was just us having a jam session really, trying to just be like, what shall we do? Like we've got some extra time. And we, and it, and I wrote it in 10 minutes. And it's just something that came out of this like feeling of like, like, wow, you know, it's quite euphoric. Literally, that's the word I was thinking in yeah. my head just now, euphoric, yeah. It's so euphoric, and I I wanted to just be able to represent that visually, and when I even wrote the song and we we made it, like, I visualised the whole, that music video, I visualised it, it looked absolutely stellar, and I feel like when I write great songs, I always visualise them, which is great because every song on the EP I have visualised, so I take that in my gut instinct, which is great. <laughs> and, um... And I've and I've tested out some new material that's a slightly a bit more upbeat than 
the EP when I was at Pride, I did a second song called Ooh La La and that went absolutely wild there too. So I'm so happy and I'm excited because I'm now collaborating with other people and it's just fantastic to see it all kind of come together. I mean, that kind of um, goes into my final question actually, which is like, what is next for you? Obviously you've got these premieres for Unicorns, um, EP coming out um, later this year or beginning of next year? Yeah, so I hopefully I can get it out by October. Nice. I'm just such a stickler for mixing and mastering that I want it to be so perfect, exactly how I want to hear it. So hopefully if it comes out by October, I'll be super, super happy and over the moon. If it doesn't, then it will come out in January, just because in November and Chris- November and December is Christmas time, so I've got no chance. Yeah. Mariah Carey will be there <laughs> at the top. <laughs> Delicious is coming through, knocking knock Mariah out, Carey. Knock it out, all I want for Christmas. <laughs> it's delicious time. Maybe I should put a Christmas song on there. That's true, actually. I mean, there's plenty of delicious Christmas food you can write a song about. I so. could, actually, couldn't I? I might do that. I'm in the studio there you go. next week in New York. I want York, credit for that. I want to put my name on the, um, what's it called? <laughs> the personnel. There we go. Yeah, um, is that? So EP, hopefully end of this year. And then yeah. 2024, any goals in that year? I or? would love to do two more films and uh, tour my music. Nice. Which I think would be amazing. There's like lots of things in the air, but nothing's set in stone at the minute. No, well, I hope that at least one, if not all of those goals um, come into fruition. Um, but for now, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Um, do you want to let the people at home um, know where they can find you, your music, your other creative endeavours? So if you want to be on this journey and be an OG fan of me, then <laughs> then you can find me on all the social platforms. It's the at sign, it's Jason Patel. And all my music is on every single streaming platform. You can find me on YouTube at Jason Patel Vivo, where you can watch the Chocolified music video that's out now. Um, don't don't sit there and wait around to watch it. The time is now. It's absolutely iconic and you'll love it. And it'll make you feel really good. And then when Unicorns comes out, come watch Unicorns. I can definitely back that for the Chocolified video and also definitely want to see Unicorns as soon as possible. So yes. that is on my list as well. Thank you. Pi Radio. Yes, guys, what's good? You tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gerns, and I am glad to be rejoined back in the studio with Blitzkrieg. How are you doing? Gerns, man, thank you for having me, brother. Long time, man. Thank you for always supporting the music. It's weird. I was just thinking how it was beginning of summer 2021 i think yeah so two years does not feel like that at all no man time has just been flying by bro so how have you been what have the past two years been like for you since we last spoke because obviously last time we spoke you just released 600 cc and i think you'd either released or in the process of releasing demo tapes so now two years later What's been going on for you? Yeah, brother. So I released demo tapes, uh, 2021. And then since then I've released over 50 songs. I've just been on a serious consistency tear up, you know, like, um, I've released projects with 
Roach, with Humble the Poet, uh, Sanju, which is the lead singer from Delhi to Dublin, um, a bunch of projects, bro. And, and, you know, it's been going really good. I've been able to sync license and make some good money from songs, um, licensing them to American television studios like Disney and ABC, license songs to movies. So, you know, I'm just, and I'm here again in the UK, releasing the new song, Stay With You. And I'm just really focusing on building the catalog and having as much music as I can, which I own the masters to. Yeah, I definitely get what you mean about how you've done so many um, collaborations as well over the past two years. So how do you go about deciding who you're going to do a collaboration with? Is it just anyone who hits you up? You're like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Or is there a bit more of a methodical selection of, okay, I want to work with this person for this reason? I think the song kind of will call out for what it requires. So if the song requires a certain type of vibe, sometimes like that artist, that that particular artist just comes to mind right away because you know that they would suit that particular project, you know? But I think... For me, I've been blessed with just being in the music game and Desi music game for over 20 years. I have a very big network of artists that I'm surrounded by that are all talented. So it's not hard to kind of just always keep it in the family, keep it within close friends and just continuously collaborate. There has to be a vibe there. If the vibe is there um, and, and the song and the beat calls for that individual's talents, they come to mind and we make it happen. I think in some ways people look towards Canada. Right. How do you think that's come about in like this whole Canadian scene? Obviously, AP Dillon literally being like, I'd say the biggest South Asian name on the planet right now. So like, how do you think that transition has happened from there being very much kind of focused on British Asian music and now there's a lot more um, accessibility from other places around the globe as well? I attribute to that to two things. Number one, technology. And number two, I would just say it was inevitable. You know, it's kind of um, when you think of hip hop, hip hop was birthed in the Bronx in New York and it spread and the, and the genre grew so much to the point where it went to the West Coast where Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and them were doing it. And now for the past 10, 15 years, maybe more, Atlanta has been leading the way and then and now being in the UK, you can see the UK rap scene and the grime scene is just blowing up with Central Sea and stuff like that and gigs. So it was inevitable that although urban Desi music is founded in the UK, primarily probably in the Midlands, um, you know, it, it spread worldwide. And yes, although the UK was the birthing ground of this urban new Bhangra type of sound, technology has made it where we no longer need to travel to the UK. So when me, you, when me and Roach Killer were starting out, we needed to uh, always come out to the UK, fly there, do our rounds of promotion, do the shows. Because if you literally didn't have a name for yourself in the UK, you weren't known in the industry. But now because of talent, you can do interviews as we're doing right now through online apps you can do phone-ins, you could promote your stuff through Instagram, through Twitter, through TikTok and all of that. So I think those two factors have led to, you know, and the immigration patterns, like Canada has faced such a large immigration influx, primarily of people from India and Pakistan. Bro, now you have the Sidhu Muswalas, the AP Tillons, the Shubs, everyone is based out of Toronto or Vancouver. So, you know, the immigration patterns mixed with, technology just have made Canada uh, 
a dominating force in the scene. Honestly, with everything going on in the UK right now, like, it, I mean, half of mine's to jump on a plane and go over there myself, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Yeah, brother, man. I mean, I love the UK. I always consider it my second home because it burst my career and helped me launch my career, but it's gotten to the point now where Canada is dominating. Like, Warner Music just partnered with Icky and launched 91 North, where they um, have signed, Warner Music has signed uh, Janita Gandhi, they signed Icky, and they signed Karan Ajla. So that's huge. The fact that major labels in this country are starting to realize the power and importance of South Asian music. Getting back on topic though, Stay With You, it's your latest single. And by the time this is going out, um, the single will be out. Um, and it's paying homage um, to Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan. Um, right. So do you want to just let us know a bit about how this dedication came about. Yeah, so Stay With You um, is out worldwide with the video on all platforms, songs available for streaming as of Friday, September 8th. And it is a tribute to Nusrat. I teamed up with Rafakat Ali Khan, which is one of his students. We did a song called Dil Luggy a few years ago, which was huge for us. It was bought and picked up by Universal Music India, so I was grateful for that. This track, I actually won a huge grant from the Canadian government and I used that grant to make an entire live band album. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to change the sound um, and sp experiment. You know, I'm making so much music and releasing it on such a fast paced basis. I can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So what I wanted to do here was I got an eight piece band. I took them into the studio and every single sound you hear on this song is recorded live. Nothing is programmed, nothing is on the computer, and it really gave us gives us that live sound. And you know, and when Rafakit came on, you know, it, it was just that Nusrit was always live. He had such a beautiful and captivating voice. And I thought to myself, you know what, what would it sound like if I combined Sufi music with hip hop with elements of jazz and elements of in, indie rock, like a like a rock sound. That's why I have the guitars and drums in there and stuff. And that's what Stay With You is. It does sound like such like an esteemed project and like there's so much thought and dedication has gone into this. And obviously I'd read about the 100% um, live instruments, um, yeah. but I just wanted to, like hearing you say it again just then, like literally drills in like how odd that is for nowadays as well. Like so much of the music that gets put out is purely and production based or maybe they'll get like a bit of a sample or something and then do most right. of it on the computer for it. so for it to be a completely live band um like how how did you go about that like obviously you said you gone into the studio with them like did you right. have like did you like compose the music yourself or did you have any assistance with that like yeah definitely so everyone on the project is you know an esteemed and established musician in canada so everyone has either a degree in music or has been playing music for years. So for me, it was more of just captivate, like elevating my sound as a musician. What can I do next? You know, how can I, I'm coming back over and over again. I'm releasing so much music. How am I going to elevate what I'm offering? How am I going to show the uh, maturity and my, my graduation and, and growth as not only as a man, but as a musician? So I got together with these uh, musicians. I was really listening to, I listened to a lot of jazz music and I actually know how to play the guitar. I can play the drums. I used to be in rock bands when I was younger. So I kind of wanted to just fuse everything together. So 
I got the best of the best of, you know, the drummers and guitar players that I know locally. And I kind of got them and we spent months just practicing and just practicing and just my new live show. If you see me 99% of the time, it's with a live band. You know, it's kind of like the way I would think is the way I would describe it is the roots, the hip hop band, the roots meets like urban Desi kind of. And that's what I usually do when the budget is there. And, and, and I like to perform with a live band. And so as I was building my catalog, you know, because of my uh, my credibility and my history, I was able to get this huge grant from the Canadian government. I was able to fully facilitate paying a huge band to go into a live studio, spend time really just crafting these songs. We recorded it all live off the floor. So we'll, we are in individual isolated booths all looking at each other, but playing live. And it, the, nothing beats live music. You know, everything is so cookie cutter these days. Every rapper is wearing a ski mask with a side bag and skinny jeans and Balenciaga shoes. Like they all look the same, you know, and the song, the songs all sound the same with the 808 drum patterns and drill tempos. So I just wanted to set myself apart. What is going to make, as soon as you hear this sound, you're going to be able to be like, okay, this is different from everything I'm hearing. hundred percent. And I think definitely this is the way to get that across. Um, I wanted to check as well. Um, has Nusrat like always been a major influence on yourself? Like, how did this idea of paying homage to um, him come about? I think just because Rafakat is a student of his, where anytime you know Rafakat would be giving me ideas for songs, a lot of them would be influenced by Nusrat. So I said, you know what, bro? Instead of trying to do something that sounds like Nusrat, or it's only right that we pay him homage, and the way he would do it is through live music and live instrumentation. He was a real musician to the core. So this is our tribute, you know, and I understand it might not be for everybody, you know, fundamentalists and purists may like traditional Sufi music, but this is what happens when you are the child of an immigrant household and you grow up listening to Nusrit and you grow up listening to hip hop and you grow up listening to Nirvana and Guns N' Roses. You kind of just put it in a blender and outcome stay with you so we're gonna play stay with you in a second but before we do that i just wanted to ask what's next for you obviously you um come into london very soon is that for any particular reason yeah yeah so definitely uh me and roach made a song for a new artist her name's sharon so i'll be in london filming the video for that um i'll also be doing press for stay with you in terms of what's coming up next i have an entire EP project of four to five songs with Roach Killer. Nice. Uh, all the videos are done. The songs are done. So really what we're just deciding on is are we going to release it as an EP or are we going to release it single by single? Because nowadays, you know, the idea of albums, as much as I love them, is not really the way to go if, if you're, you know, an independent artist. What makes more bang for the buck and what makes more sense is to release the songs as singles. So I have about four songs with Roach Killer. Uh, with the video shot, which I'll be releasing. I have done two songs with this amazing artist. He's pretty famous in Australia. His name's El Fresh the Lion. He's a rapper out there in the mainstream scene, but he is Desi. So I did two songs with him. I've done um, a song with a girl named Simmer, an amazing vocalist from Toronto. 
So we shot a video. We got a huge grant for that video. So that's a big budget video that will be coming out. Um, I have songs with, uh, who else do I have songs with, man? Like, I literally have over 20 music videos just sitting on my phone ready to release. It's not a bad position to be in. No, no, definitely, definitely not. So basically, yeah, um, just off the top of the head, brother, I have enough music to continue to feed you a brand new single every month for the next two years without even trying. So uh, like I said, four to five songs with Roach Killer, um, you know, two songs with Elfresh the Lion, songs with Simmer, uh, this new video um, I'm doing with uh, Sharon, songs with G Deep from New York, um, Swami Barakas I have on a brand new song, um, Sanju, songs with Sanju from Dilly to Dublin. I got content, man. I'm, I, I'm claiming I'm the king of content right now. Not many rappers out there in the Desi scene have more songs and videos ready, you know, that can compete right now. 100%. Well, definitely a work ethic to admire, 100%. Thank you, man. Thank you. So like I said, we're going to play um, Stay With You now. But before we do that, do you just want to let the people know that if they maybe don't follow you or haven't heard your music yet, though I'd like to say you've been around for 20 years, don't know how they haven't yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, where can they find you? Yeah, I go by the name of Blitzkrieg. I'm a Desi rapper from Toronto. If you haven't heard of me, check me out on Instagram at BlitzMusic1. That's the number one. Or on Twitter, BlitzMusic1, same thing. YouTube.com slash GetBlitz. Um, and I'm everywhere, man. I've been on the Gully Boy soundtrack. I've licensed music to ABC Television, Disney, BBC, Universal Music UK, Universal Music India, Sony Music India, Times Music India. You name it, I've done it. You name them, I've worked with them. So I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. More and more music on the way. Amazing. We're going to give Stay With You a play now. Thanks so much for tuning in again, Blitzkrieg. Always a pleasure.